0: You know what's funny is it's weird to say happy Monday because these episodes usually come out on Friday, but, um, so it's weird. Well, it's not only, let me see if I can say this without just completely scrambling my words. Um, not only is this episode making its debut on a Monday, we actually recorded it on a Monday too. So that's just wild and crazy y'all. Um, welcome to everything's relative with Eve Sturgis. That's me. This is a podcast where I talk to people about the DNA discoveries that they are experiencing and all the ways that um, they're managing the different ways that it shakes you up when you find out um, or accidentally find out or accidentally uncover family secrets. So today, if you are listening the day that this episode came out, it's November 30th, which means 2020 is on the home stretch Um, pretty wild if anybody's been paying attention to time and how it no longer exists anymore. It goes fast, it goes slow. Also, I've been noticing or picking up on like lots of jokes and ideas about how we all keep saying that 2020 is a terrible year as if January 1st is going to be the first day of um, something different, as if like coronavirus will be gone January 1st because it will be 2021 and everything will be better um so it probably won't happen but it's still nice in some ways to think of 2020 coming to a close um did you have Thanksgiving just a few days ago did you eat all the turkey did you stay home instead of traveling like the CDC asked you to I actually recorded this part of the podcast before Thanksgiving even, so I can't report um, exactly what I ate, but I can tell you that I plan to eat everything. Um, I love to make a kale pomegranate salad, and I love to make pumpkin cheesecake, and I'm really excited for everything else. My in-laws, who live nearby and are part of our COVID pod, are um, having us over for outdoor Thanksgiving, and I'm looking forward to a day. With a little bit of relaxation. But anyway, um, I wanna talk about this episode. So Lily Wood connected and hooked um hooked up to tape this episode. Okay, wait, let me try that again. Lily and I connected quick like we connected. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave all this in because that's how um that's how today's going. Okay, so Lily and I connected and we hooked up really fast to tape this episode. Like we didn't know each other and then we like met, connected, hooked up on Facebook and agreed to record really fast. It was like just a matter of days. Um, But when we started to talk, I felt like I have known her for years and I can't speak for her, but I feel like we just super connected and started having fun right away. And I think we'll be doing more of these or getting together um, in other different fun ways um, for our podcasts and for other NPE events in the future. I really hope so because I had so much fun. Um, Lily Wood has a podcast called NPE stories and I have a podcast called everything's relative as you know. And, um, so we basically have the same goal to collect stories and share the message that NPEs are not alone. So we thought we would get together, um, for each other and, um, here is that episode. This is it. Um, so what you do is you listen to this episode and then hop over to Lily's podcast, which is called NPE stories and is in Nancy PE stories. Um, and you listen to her episode. Um, so I hope that's a little bit fun. should be pretty simple. Um, I hope you enjoy hanging out with Lily as much as I did. Um, and if you've just come over here from listening to Lily's podcast first, welcome, welcome to everything's relative. Um, it's great to have you. So go ahead and, um, play my time with Lily and, uh, I'll talk to you again at the end, like I always do. Okay. We've started recording. I'll get on my end. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So I, I'll just kind of like dive in and let everybody know what's going on. Um. I'm here with Lily Wood today. It's very exciting. We've done a crossover episode. So I just spent um, an hour or so with her on her podcast. We just talked and talked and talked. Um, and I think we just started to do it again. And then we were like, we got to focus. we got to do the podcast. we got to do it. Um, so now we're recording. We're going to focus on NPEs. Um, so we're here. So Lily is it's very exciting. I just want to keep calling you Lily Wood. Do people do that? Do they just call you first oh, and like?
1: That that's totally fine. They do that with my daughter. She's a Hollywood. So that feel free oh, to call Are you
0: kidding me? Come on.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, like I so
0: the reason and I do that with a lot of people, but like certain names just have that ring. Um So it's really exciting to have Lily Wood here today because she has a podcast, NPE Stories. It is similar to mine, but very different because we're different people and we have come at it um, with different angles and experiences and different tones. Um, So it's really fun to get to have someone else that not only has an NPE story to share with us, but also she and I get to have a connection because we're both trying to spread the word and um, share our stories. So I have Lily Wood. I'm thrilled
1: to have her here today. Thank you so much for giving me your afternoon. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm I'm having a lot of fun and I haven't laughed this hard in in a while. So thank oh. you, Eve. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
0: Yeah, it's really fun. My Mondays don't normally aren't normally this fun at all. <laughs> yeah. Um so yeah, it's been really really fun and silly. So um I am gonna um my so okay. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, I well one, The first question I wanted to ask you was actually the same question you asked me, which is um, which is about your podcast, and I'm I'm wondering if you could just like talk a little bit about what gave you the idea to do a podcast and
1: why. Yes, absolutely. I I when I first found out I was an NPE. I was um, right, totally shocked and looking for any information I could find. And I remember a week after finding out, someone introduced the word NPE to me, the, you know, all the different acronyms it can be, not parent expected, non paternal event. And I'm like, okay, there's a name for it. It's a really terrible name. It's a really terrible acronym, but okay, now I know what I am and now I can start Googling this. <laughs> and I did. And that's, pretty soon I found my way into the Facebook groups. um, And I was obsessed with scrolling and reading everyone's story. I was spending hours right in the beginning, just reading and reading and reading to the point where it was getting to be a little unhealthy. I needed to actually pull myself away from my devices and still do life like dishes and driving my kids places. (laughs) But I was
0: then have you slept?
1: Oh, and I didn't, I didn't. I'm my poor husband next to me. I've got the lights on my devices till one in the morning. And yeah, I was so obsessed, but I am, I've always been a podcast listener. Uh, It just works with my personality. I'm the sort of person that just puts it in my back pocket and goes about my day and does my stuff and takes in the content so I'm looking on, I think, Apple Podcasts. I'm an iPhone user, and I'm typing in this word NPE because I don't know what else to type in, uh, and I nothing at the time popped up for me. Now, I've since learned you can do things like DNA discoveries and surprises and genetic. I mean, there's many other search terms now I know to use and make my way to your podcast and others. Um uh, but at the time, that's the only word I had to use. So I,
0: well, it's was, so unfair to be. It's so unfair for all of us because it's like such a new thing that we have to. I mean, how? What do you? How do you type? I mean, yeah, I remember typing in like entire sentences like into the search. <laughs> that was like, how to find your when your dad is not your dad. Like, <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> what?
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. Um, So again, this terrible acronym that we have that we own, it's ours, this NPE. I wanted to take all those stories I was reading on the Facebook groups, and I wanted them in audio format. That's all I want. I just wanted them in audio format. So I could listen to them. And I'm like, why isn't there a podcast? Um, I've actually since found out there was, there was yours, because I found out an hour or two ago that you started April 2000. 19 did you say? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I thought I can compile these stories. I don't want to share my own, but I will, I can record them. And I was only maybe one month into my own journey and I decided to start mm-hmm. a podcast. Um, I Very fresh, very raw. And I did not want my name associated with it at all. I said I only go by the first name Lily at the time that that was back in 2019, and I just—I was going to say that um, I am an interrupter.
0: Um, that's so funny because I feel like all of a sudden we all know that this NPE Stories has Lily Wood on it, and for a long time you were like this mystery podcast. It was like this mystery, and I was like there's like a lady. Her name is Lily. We don't know where she is. <laughs> like, it was like you were Good. this. You were like this voice from a basement. I don't know. I always imagined you in a church. I don't know
1: why. That, is, that was what I was going for. Well, no, I mean, I was going for the fact that I was just Lily. Um, I was carrying on my mom's um, shame and secrecy. And I was like, mm. I have to keep this quiet. I have, to, I have to be quiet about it. I don't know. if Maybe my biological father will one day include me in his life. I need to be you know, I need to keep this a secret. I was, I was such a different, scared person in the beginning. Um, I started, I just launched the trailer. That's all I did. And in the trailers, when I asked for people to start submitting, and I actually had a few people that offered. So thank God other people were willing to share those stories in the beginning, because I had no idea what I was doing. I mean, I still literally every day have no idea what I'm doing. But I. I'm more of an organizer, I think, is what I would call myself. Just an organizer of everyone else's story.
0: Hmm. Well, you're doing a wonderful job, whether it's organizing or facilitating. I yes. could say that you're a curator. Thank,
1: Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Lilywood, <laughs>
0: curation of stories.
1: I mean, really, it's everyone else. They're so brave, and they're such better storytellers than I, and... They're willing to dive deep into this stuff that, you know, it's uncomfortable to talk about this sometimes, depending on where you are in your healing process. And, you know, I'm just really thankful that people are willing to share their story because I love listening to it. And the whole time I'm just nodding, like nodding along in agreement with everything they're saying. Yeah, it's the
0: connection of familiarity. Is that what it is? Or the yeah, that it's um it's really, really powerful. That's something that um I have not I have understood it in the past, but not perhaps as profoundly as with the NPE experience, for sure, for me. So you were a month in when you started the
1: podcast. So you are now uh, yeah, 18 uh, months in, a year and a half in. Uh, and I don't really think anything has changed in my story. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm obviously I'm feeling much much better and I'm mm-hmm. I am a year and a half in. I have all these resources I use. Has anything changed? No, I I still have no contact with my biological father or new half siblings, but, now know there's such a thing as an NPE. I'm on all the Facebook groups. I listen to your podcast. I, I read the books. I do the things. Um, the only thing I haven't done yet is this retreat. I mean, you know, COVID has messed everything up. And one of these days, I want to get one of those NPE retreats on my, on my docket. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, I think you will have a really good time. Um because I just had a really good time. <laughs> so I feel like, I feel like we are similar in a lot of ways. And I think you would, it would really crack you up to on one of these retreats and be good for you. That's the thing is like, it was, um, it was like so fun. And it, it, it did like crack me. Like it just was so, so much more fun than I anticipated. Um, but, but also like, I was just, I've said this so many times to people, um, in the past couple of weeks, like the, everyone's ability to pivot, from laughing and joking and telling wild stories or saying wild things and having a great time pivoting to being able to tend to somebody that was in a place of vulnerability or sharing a story or being present for the different facilitators that were there for different workshops. Like it was, it was super amazing. People were able to, to swing, um, you know, in a way that I'm, I don't know that everyone can do. And it it was very impressive.
1: So true. That sounds like my cup of tea. I'm, I'm that way. I'm like, I could be joking around and then the next day I'm like, let's get real. Let's get into it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. People were doing it. It was very cool. It was very,
1: very cool. I
0: really admired everybody's, um, like vulnerability. It was cool. So yeah, let's go do one together. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, do you um, want to share your NPA story? What parts of it are you comfortable <laughs> sharing? More about how you do it? Are you, and you also uh, don't want to?
1: Uh, gosh, no, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I, I just, um, ugh, I'm, I love listening. And, um, sometimes I feel Oh, it's happening right now. I get this physical, like my throat and my chest get tight because I think, like, ugh, this sucks. <laughs> Talking mm-hmm. about mostly what I'm thinking of in my head, I'm not obviously I'm not communicating this out loud. Okay. The behaviors since finding out I was an NPE 18 months ago have been particularly painful and something I'm working with right now mm-hmm. in life, mm-hmm. but, you know? Um, but yeah, I can, I can kind of give you my background. Should I do that? Sure, or the bullet points or, yes. or none of it. And I can just ask
0: you questions. Yes, yes to all of that. <laughs> okay, so so this will be kind of like, um, I also want to say like a, a mystery story, but, um, but I mean that in the best way um, because it also, I think, something that we could really like, illustrate right now is how the details don't matter because what is important is like the feel is the way that we navigate the experience with our feelings um and our relationships which is so much about what this is about so okay so a year and a half ago you 18 months ago you discovered you were an NPE and was that through a recreational
1: um mail-in DNA test Yep, just one of those uh, one of those tests. I would originally taken the twenty three and Me, and was mostly for health reasons. I'm a health nut, and I wanted to know all the markers that I could potentially have, and I wanted to do all the preventative maintenance that I that was necessary um, if I did have one of those markers. Uh, I got back my results, and I didn't actually figure out I was an NPE from that first take home test. It showed what kind of planted that first seed that I was um, not. It showed that I was not half French as I thought I was. Mm. I have a Norwegian mother and a French father, or so I thought. Mm-hmm. And I was named after my um, French grandmother Lily Marie Gimo, and I have all this French <laughs> culture and you know French wine and French this and. Uh, all my dark little small French aunties, so I really identified as that. And when I I was shocked, I had one percent, I think, one to two percent. They estimated. Uh, called my sister up, I'm like, look at this, I have more Italian than French, isn't that strange? My sister had taken ancestry, and she said, no, no, we we have French, and you know that's when it that's when the confusion starts, and. That's when the, oh, I'm not so sure about this technology. And maybe a technician got the hair, their hair in the tube. And uh, that's when all the weird questions in my brain's trying to make sense of my strange results. And she had just spent a hundred bucks at Ancestry and I'd spent about that much at 23 Me But we both determined, like, I, we definitely need to take the same company's test. Mm-hmm. I wish I'd taken it sooner, but it was about four more months till I did Ancestry I think they had a promo or some special. I finally took it and that's when I started to make the jokes to people like, well, I'm, you know, who maybe I'll find out I have a different father. Um what
0: when you said um I wish I had taken it for I wish it hadn't taken me so long or it took me about 4 months to take it. What do you feel like would be different if you had taken it sooner?
1: Oh gosh, I guess nothing would have really been different. Uh, I I think the, it still would have played out the same way. I I was just kind of but the thing is I was alone. I was alone with my confusion. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I had confirmed results when both my sister and I took ancestry the ancestry test that I was like, "Oh, here's why we have uh, different results." Got it. Yep. Okay. Yeah, like clarity, clarity would have come sooner. Yes, yes. We we ended up having different results when my ancestry results came out, obviously, because we have different fathers. Uh shocking. I had I had uh, in my DNA matches I had my aunt and then my sister's name and then I had my brother's name. But I don't have a brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so that was confusing. Mm-hmm. My mom and I already weren't on very good. We didn't have the strongest relationship at that point. Uh, so when I decided to just get in my car with my one hour old results and go over to her house to talk to her, my husband l- was saying, eh, maybe you shouldn't talk with her. Maybe you got to think this through. And um, I was like, well, exactly. Our relationship isn't that great. So what do I have to lose? Why not just ask her? I assume there was some sort of explanation for this. Uh, She, she, when I got to her house and showed her my confusing results, she just didn't really talk. She Mm. just kind of just sat there like red eyes, red face. I, I looked like shocked me at whether or not it was because it was found out or whether or not it was finally confirmed. I don't know. She was, she was definitely not comforting or helpful in any way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. It was, it was actually pretty terrible. I don't think anyone actually feels good when they relive the moment of their confirmation that their dad is not their dad.
0: Yeah. It's so, um, <laughs> that's such a familiar story. Like of, of, Sort of like watching so many, you know, whether it's over the phone or, or being there in person, it's like, um, it's a real disconnect between you and your parent all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, it really is. Ugh. Then things just got icky. I, right. Cause then your life just kind of falls apart when you find that out. And my my stepdad was actually in the room the, the day I asked her and I'm pulling my hair out. I'm like, mom, are you saying my dad is not my dad? And she's immediately minimizing like, Oh, Lily, stop it. Your dad will always be your dad. You know, just like mm-hmm. I'm overreacting Eve. She, you know, here yeah. I am. Me overreacting. <laughs> my stepdad, I can, I didn't realize this in my shock until later, but he's saying to her, from across the kitchen. Uh, oh, you never thought this would come back and bite you, did you? And I didn't I was like, wait, what? But did, <laughs> did he know about this? And he obviously didn't mean to say that out loud. And wait, did he did he know about this? What does he mean this didn't wouldn't come back and bite her? Uh yeah, yeah, later if if I just skip ahead, it it does turn out that although you know my mom never confirmed it with any sort of paternity tests and she never told anybody um she had suspected that my biological father who was her co-worker uh you know may have been my father she had mentioned this to her husband my stepdad and had considered it and whether or not he's you know he's a incredible protector of her he's an enabler like you wouldn't believe Mm -hmm. um he will agree with her about anything till the end of time uh which actually you know i'm sure that's great for their marriage but it's actually it's really unhealthy like really and mediocre stepdad yes uh yeah yeah so he kind of knew so unfortunately you know the the estrangement isn't just my mom because that's where I'm at right now I'm estranged from them um it's my stepdad as well because I'll be because you know he's chosen his place which is to be by my mom's side no matter what right yeah Mm -hmm. that's too bad yeah
0: the the overall estrangement is too bad Mm -hmm. um and
1: what about your sister is she um in communication with you She's trying so hard, Eve. She's really trying. She's um, uh, the first day. She was shocked, and she's calling in on speakerphone, and my mom is answering and saying, you know, immediately poo-pooing her and like you know, I yelling at my sister. I'll talk with you about this later. This is none of your business. And my sister, I think even she took the day off work. Um, she was so upset about it as well. But she did go to the place where a lot of us go, a lot of us daughters, well, maybe a lot of children in general, like protecting my mom. And it was for a few months there, it sucked. It really sucked. She, you know, and I understand this through therapy and I have put myself in her shoes and I try to be empathetic, but she was immediately um, protective of my mom. And she, she did the, you know, she doesn't, how does she say it? She was really worried about my mom feeling shame around this revelation. She didn't want my mom to feel pain. She didn't want her to feel embarrassed or guilty or shamed. And she wanted to protect my mom. And I understand that. But um, they really, for a while there, were doing the, you know, I'm the troublemaker mm-hmm. scenario. I'm I'm causing problems. Why do I have this anger towards my mom? Uh This could have happened to anyone, and it was hard for me to handle, so I just had to stop communication with all of them. My sister has – she is making an effort, and I have to give her that much. She joined kind of her own little support group. She's Mm -hmm. getting therapy, and she has told me, uh, I'm here for you. I'm your sister, and I love you. And even though she is in constant communication with my mom and – she does still think like you and mom need to talk to each other. That's what she thinks will fix this is that mom and I will need to talk to each other. Not that my mom needs to be honest or show any sort of love or support or remorse at all. Um, But then she, she thinks that I just, she mom and I just need to talk. Mm -hmm. Um, But my mom, but not my mom, my sister is trying. I will give her that much. And I really actually appreciate the last couple months, how she's been trying to be more supportive to me. That's where we're at now. Mm -hmm. What's the age difference between? She is three and a half years older, but if she were here today, she would ask, she would be like, which one's older? Who looks older? Lily looks older. (laughs) (laughs) She's older. Yeah. Three and a half. So when I, my mom slept with her coworker, but mm-hmm. for a while, she was doing the whole, he was my boss. And I started to get concerned, like, was this a position of empower? Like, mm-hmm. you know, was this? Anyway, I, I moved past that now, because it wasn't my, I don't believe it was her boss. It is a coworker. And my mom was 30 years old, an executive, had all the resources you could imagine. Uh, she was privileged. She had a great job. And again, 30 years old. This she was not some confused teenager that got right. knocked up. Excuse my language, but you know what I mean. She was fully capable of being able to access some sort of a blood test. 1980, right? 1980, 1980. 81. She's Yeah, She's got shoulder pads. She's got <laughs> pads. she did. Oh my god. you're probably like crimped. I blue eyeliner. Yeah.
0: <laughs> totally. Power power suits totally
1: oh my god not the story of a victim no no i mean i had there, i've seen pictures of her getting on the private plane with uh, other executives at this large company and who actually my birth father was also an executive at and he ended up being the president in the 90s of this company but uh yeah they were she, she was not the scared naive um young lady she was a, she was a woman that had the ability to get, you know, some sort of aii I, I shouldn't say DNA testing. I don't know if exactly if they had that in 1981, but I'm sure they had blood testing or some sort of paternity testing. She could have been honest. She could have told both men, both my birth certificate father and my biological father that she wasn't sure. Right. Do you know if it was, um, uh, do you know if their
0: experience together was one time or do you think it was an ongoing relationship?
1: I think it was a one night stand. And my, cause my birth father told, I had maybe two or three phone conversations with him before we stopped talking. And mm. he called it a one night stand. My mom called it. Um, and God, this is the part where I just want to cover my ears. Right. And like, but <laughs> she's like, we only had sex once or twice. So her words. So I'm a, Assuming a business trip of some sort, oh, maybe a weekend away. Right. I've seen the movies.
0: I can't <laughs> I know these business trips go. Yes. Um, okay. Okay. Um, and your, okay. So your biological father, you talked to him a couple times before deciding, before I was going to say deciding that you're not going to have a
1: relationship with him. Was that your decision? No, it wasn't. Um, it, yeah, yeah it is it is now. <laughs> I mean, now that I've seen his character, I would be very actually quite concerned if he came around. But I was, that very first day I emailed him, because I, well, I thought, you know, first of all, I was like, is, was my mom raped? Like, who is this guy? Is he alive? Is he dead? So I had to Google him and he's still alive. And I found an email address. Uh, he has his own website. And um, he responded that night and said, I do remember your mother. I believe there could be some truth to this. And don't you worry, we will bring clarity to the situation. And I found, you know, I found like comfort. And I thought, wow, I, this is going to be good. And I think maybe I got a little too overexcited Mm -hmm.
0: that's such a um i feel like that's such a i mean i could I okay so maybe i'm making like some grand generalizations but like that feels like such a man executive
1: response totally
0: like you know of course in retrospect probably more but to be like i'll take care of it we'll figure this out don't you worry yep Um, i'll give a diplomatic response that will be, like, it's very pat on the shoulder. Yes. <laughs> Don't you, yes. Worry, little girl.
1: Yeah. Yes. I would, and I, I would have been like, hook, line, and sinker. <laughs> <laughs> and I totally see that now, because now, um, because I thought I was going crazy with his second and third email, I printed them off, I showed my best friends, and they were like, oh, my God, patronizing, condescending, like with his further mm-hmm. correspondence. But, yeah, he – you know, in the beginning, I'm like, oh, good. He's not some, I mean, you know, all the all the things you fear. Mm-hmm. And it, things got weird, right? Mm-hmm. Um, a couple weeks later, we decided to have a phone call. His emails were just very confusing. They were like, I'm out of the country, so I can't speak. I'll be back in the country in a week. Get in touch with me. And then all of a sudden, it was like, Lily, I never heard from you. I thought you were going to get back in touch with me. It was just like I—I I was pulling my hair out. Like, wait, what? I—I I, I immediately wanted his approval and wanted him to like me and wanted to do everything just right. And I was confused why he kept saying I—I I didn't get back in touch with him. It was just very confusing. I—I I remember going into our first phone call, uh, scared to death, with my list of questions. And I didn't, you know, I don't know if it's because he's. I mean, he's not old. He's 70 something. But I was like, is it, is this like a man thing where he's missing details? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or is this, I mean, because my, my birth certificate father is a guy that kind of skims text, skims <laughs> emails. So I thought maybe this is how my biological father would be. He wouldn't get the full details. But he said in that first phone call, um, well, uh, I finally told my wife, and I was, like really sad and shocked cuz it was like 3 4 weeks later i was i was like wait you didn't tell your wife i i i guess i shouldn't i don't know what i would do if you were in, if i were in his position but i just got nervous cuz immediately i thought he didn't tell her right away i mean i guess they're i don't know that just bothered me i'll say that i would like to validate your botheredness <laughs> bothered some feelings that would bother me too yeah Thank you. Uh, it got weird. He, in a phone call, and at the time I took it the wrong way. Now I understand what he was trying to say. But he said to me, I am not interested, Lily, in replacing your father. Your father did a great job raising you. Um, he really had no reason to believe that or know what he was talking about. But that's what he told me. He said, I hate when people do. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry he said your father did a great job raising you. I'm not interested in stepping on any toes. I will I will never replace your father and I'm I'm not interested in doing that. I just want to make that perfectly clear. And at the time I thought, wow, what a what a gentleman. He's he's not trying to take my dad's place. What how kind. I realized later, weeks later, he was telling me he does not want to play a father role at all with me. Right. He didn't want to acknowledge he was my father, he didn't want to acknowledge that I was even his biological daughter. That's what he was trying to say. But at the time, I'm like thanking him, and I'm like, "Oh, thanks, Bill." <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's
0: a man who knows what he's doing.
1: Yes, very much so. I've uh, my best friend used the word "controlling" when she read one of his very long, very eloquent emails, and that's mm-hmm. what makes it so dangerous to me. Is he's really smart, and mm-hmm. his the way he talks, it's gosh, dare I say manipulative, but it's like, whew, it is, um, it's easy to be tricked. It's mm-hmm. scary. So I, he said, uh, how we left it is he said he would potentially be in touch with me over the summer. This was May, April or May of 2019. And uh, that summer came and went, and then, you know, heck, we're in 2020 now. The summer of 2020 came and went, so we, we haven't talked since, but that's, that's that. That was kind of my experience with Bill. He did also tell me, my biological father, because I said, well, I've tried to contact your kids. Um, notice how I said your kids, and I didn't, like, include me at all as being one of his kids, but I said, "I you know, I contacted – um, I guess it would be my half brother and half sister, and I don't think they've heard, or I don't know if they read the messages. He said, "Oh no, they know, they saw." Him. My yes. family has really let me take the lead on this, and okay. my fi- my family follows my lead. He's an executive of everybody. Yes, apparently <laughs> so. Mm-hmm ugh. So anyway, I just got really like an ick factor from him. And um, unfortunately, I was really bummed. I thought maybe some of my cousins or uncles, gosh, it's weird calling them cousins and uncles, isn't it? I, I, his offspring and his nieces and nephews, I thought would respond to my messages and none of them did. Hmm. So I, I guess he has placed himself in the self-appointed executive position of the family. And it looks like they're kind of following that, which sucks. But I guess that's their family dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, who knows? It's so hard to know what
0: kind of commun- what kind of things are being um like communicated but like I want to say behind your back and it's not necessarily intentionally behind yep. your back, but um my own parents' understanding of like DNA testing is has been eye-opening to to um because they, they, I mean, my parents must represent a large part of the population and they just are very wary about this information and, uh, and, and also like wary of messages. And yes, um, and they're just like, there's this person and he's, and she, I mean, you know, I mean, I think he's being personal, but they probably don't even know that it's personal for you. True. Um, they, could they probably
1: think i'm a con artist or something
0: right like yeah my parents were like oh gosh you have to watch out for those people that'll contact you and um and you know i just they're scared it's like new technology is scary newer and newer technology um Hmm. and i don't know i don't know i just i would love to know i guess i would love to know what is what's what's going on over there but um yeah but i'm sorry the point is is that you were
1: disappointed yeah. But yeah, but what you were just saying is that's something I'll I'll touch on because I don't know the real answer, do I? I don't know why he hasn't responded. I don't know why his children haven't. Uh, and I have been in therapy about this. And one of my things is, um, oh, what is the word? You mental health experts, is it, what's another word for misperceptions? Distortions, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I had to, and it was kind of mind blowing and eye opening, I should say, when I found this out, like my distortions around this, like, do I have fortune telling and mind reading tendencies? Like, yeah, I do. So do I really, do I really know what he's thinking and what his offspring are thinking? And I, in my brain, I've concocted this scenario, but I don't really know. Good I think point. it's
0: hard for anybody to not have these experiences as rejections
1: mm-hmm.
0: and the, um, and, and I don't, I'm not defending your family, but who, yeah, like who knows? My dad even said, well, my birth certificate dad said once, um, he was like, oh yeah. Cause he's done these tests. And, and so there's a whole other story there, but, um, he was, he said, uh, oh yeah, I get messages all the time. I don't read anything and I was like dad <laughs> Those are humans <laughs> like what like you know you know and he's like ah oh, you know I don't uh, um you know like he just it just never even occurred to him that he doesn't know about I mean and he knows now but like at the time like he has no idea or no fathom that there could be NPE connection going on and people having real real needs for for tribe and history and understanding of who they are.
1: Yeah. Yeah, what what is that the the not responding. Now with your dad's case I can understand that cuz I have a picture of him in my head. You know though. <laughs> but <laughs> but I've had one, you know, a couple weeks ago I had a I was really excited. I had on my biological father's side a first cousin write me. And he said, "How can you be my first cousin? I know all my first cousins. I've never in my life heard of you or seen you. How are you showing up on here?" And I wrote him as carefully as I could. Um, kind of shocked that no one had told him, including his brother, who I'd already messaged. But uh, I said, "Well, you know, I hate to tell you this, but I—I I guess you didn't know your uncle Bill. Um, we found out, you know, last year that." He is my biological father. I'm his daughter, blah, 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 et cetera. Fill in the story. Mm-hmm. And I wrote him answering his questions. And I said to him, Here's my mistake. I said, I totally understand if you, um, you know, if this is too much for you and if you don't want to be in contact. But if so, I'd love to be in contact with you. I'd love to know more. And I was trying to be as gentle as possible, but I gave him an out. Mm-hmm. And he took it and he didn't respond to me. And mm-hmm. I was. So bummed out. I'm like, finally I had someone from that side of the family reach out to me, ask me a question. I answered the question, but that was the end of communication. I saw it was red, read at 4 31 PM, you know, like I'm constantly on and checking the check marks and I just I don't know what is up with it. The the not wanting to respond. It's just, ooh, it's really disheartening at times, but I just have to have some acceptance for it, I guess. I can't make people respond.
0: Yeah. This hits, this hits people in a really, in a really deep primal place, I think. Um, And, and people, I, I think people want to protect the system, the family system that is in place and disruption of that system is a very frightening idea. And I, and, so that comes off as all sorts of things the defense against that fright that fright that's fear you know so comes off it comes off as apathy, it comes off as aggression, you know it comes off as all sorts of things like some you know it's interesting now that you now now that you're making now that you're making me think about it
1: mm-hmm.
0: um. Cause I'm trying, I'm trying to imagine like my relationship with my cousins and I have cousins that I'm close with and clos- cousins that I'm not close with and aunts and uncles, same thing, aunts and uncles that I'm close with, aunts and uncles that I'm not close with. And I'm trying to imagine if somebody contacted me, all the different ways I would be thinking about who, who I was protecting and who I was serving. Hmm. And it would be, it wouldn't be as hard for me cause I'm an NPE and I get it. I know, yeah. but like, if I
1: didn't have this experience, I I don't know. I don't know. I just, you yeah. guys, I, don't know. I do think now that we're talking about it, I do actually think. And you just said the words, uh, "protective of the family system." I I could see myself being that way. I'm 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 a bit skeptical. If some somebody messaged me, you know, claimed they're related to me, I would say, "What is their intentions? What are they getting at? Mm-hmm. Who?" who is this going to hurt? I could see not responding at first anyway, but I would definitely do my research on the side. I would, right? <laughs> I would be Googling and Facebook stalking them. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah. So I can see that the non-response. But it's very frustrating to be
0: in the, in, I want to say the driver in our seat, wherever you are, yeah. in the, in our place, it's really hard. It's really hard to want answers and just have no control. There's so much powerlessness in these experiences. mm mm-hmm. So much powerlessness. And your birth certificate, Dad, is he in this narrative at all?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm laughing because I just, I know his, I know him. <laughs> he's, he's, um, He's in, an interesting character. Uh, my birth certificate father is more recently he, he started to come around again a couple months ago. We had a, I guess a socially distanced play date on the driveway, and a couple months ago, and he he did s- decide to bring it up. Um, terrible timing with like all the grand grandchildren running around, and he's a very. Um, a very difficult communicator. Mm. Uh, and he is in the story now. He didn't talk to me about it for an entire year. All that he said to me with his very, very strict Christian values was that he has forgiven my mother um, and he can't hold anything against her and he's done with it. And I was okay, it doesn't sound like you've forgiven her. I mean, this was my thought. I didn't say this, but okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, he brought this up again. He didn't want to talk about it. I didn't really want to talk to him. About, I don't really like to talk to anything about anything with him. He's mm-hmm. He just doesn't have the emotional, the, the EQ, the emotional. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the words. He doesn't have empathy. Def- really doesn't. Um, he, his best, best, best friend slash first cousin Found out through an ancestry test he has another daughter out there. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, my dad is so welcoming of this young woman, as he should be, as all families should be, this NP. And so now he's decided to come back around to me. He's got this newfound empathy. He's absolutely horrified for me that my biological father's family never welcomed me. And now he wants to talk about it. Um, so I guess I have some, some gratitude, but... You know, he, he, if this buddy of his, if his best, you know, his cousin hadn't gone through it, I think he'd still be silent to me about it.
0: Right. There's something bittersweet about the navigation of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, but he, so were he, he and your mother were married when you were born? Yeah.
1: like a terrible, terrible, volatile marriage. Yeah. One okay. of those. Abusive- so they weren't,
0: married, when did they
1: split up? Uh, I've, I've heard before I was born and I've heard after I was born, uh, I found a death or not death. I found a divorce certificate for when I was about a year old, but yeah, I would say they probably had a four-year marriage. I was at the, I was conceived near the tail end of their marriage. My mom already had my older sister with him. She was already legally married to him. So she wanted him to be the father, you know, she, in her mind anyway, and Uh huh. My there's one, to, there's one way to there's one way to guarantee that. <laughs> so my my dad said to me, he said, "Well, even if she had had sex with Bill and then came around and had sex with me in that same weekend, there's there's no way she could have known who was the father. I don't blame her for that." And I said, "But dad, she should have at least told you this was a possibility. She should have told the midwife. She should have." She should have told Bill. I mean, he never got a chance to bond with me or hold me as a baby. It just, she should have been honest. And he's like, I can't hold that against her. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. That's what he, he he just places it all on that one act. The one act where she had unprotected sex with another man and that he has to forgive her for it because his words, it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. And I said, but. But Dad, you realize it wasn't long ago. This was a continuing lie, a continuing secret my entire life. I caught her in it. I found out through a DNA test. This wasn't thirty eight years ago. I found this out a year and a half ago, and mm-hmm. I we caught her on it. And he but he doesn't wrap his brain around that. You know, it's it's challenging. Sounds yeah, like he doesn't want to. Yes. Yes. To- living in denial is, is a much bliss. Uh, ignorance is bliss, yeah. right? For some of us. I have,
0: yeah, my, yeah, the past two years have opened my eyes to the power of denial in a way that I, I didn't know what I didn't know um, about yeah. how strong and powerful denial can be. It is am- It's an amazing force. Um, but he had, he been, he'd been fairly present as a, as a dad for your childhood and life, even though
1: Kind of he wasn't much of in the way of a provider, but he had me every other weekend and he was very fun. I will never he was very, very fun when he had us. but um, yeah, but my I think my my stepfather was the continuing, you know, he was my stepfather was the father figure in my life, probably. the warm, affectionate, loving person that was there reading me a book every night at bedtime. So I have. There's so many dads now.
0: I was just about to say, like your understanding of like the role of the father, like, <sighs> it, it, of course, of course, this NPE thing would. Um, I mean, of course, I mean, there's no one. It's it's, it's always confusing, but yeah. Um, I can also see why, especially the the comment of of why it matters or doesn't matter who your father is
1: um, would would be like an especially stinging rebuke, um, of the experience. um, My parents actually had such a terrible divorce. They kept taking each other to court. I mean, you know, cops were called domestics. It was, it was, it was bad. But my dad, who was a, a taxi cab driver living below the poverty line, he still does to this day by choice. Uh, he, Went to court back in 81, 82, 83, multiple times to get full custody of me and my sister, which is kind of shocking. I I don't think he did it because he wanted to be 100% full-time father, but I think he definitely didn't want my mom to have us Mm -hmm. 100% of the time. And here it turns out all along, I'm not even biologically his. Yeah, It's just crazy. They went through this custody battle and it was... Yeah, it did not sound like a good marriage or a good divorce. My parents refused to speak to each other every recital, every Christmas, every Thanksgiving. They they weren't even allowed on each other's properties. They had to be, you know, <laughs> drop-off zones at the end of the driveway, Oof. tires squealing and peeling. It was ridiculous. It was it wasn't until grandchildren came around that all of a sudden they decided, oh yeah, we can be perfectly friendly and fine and in in the same room as each other. And I'm like, couldn't you guys have tried this like 20, 30 years ago when I was a little girl?
0: <laughs> yeah. God, it's so hard with, yeah. with Totally. It's so hard when when adults, um, like, I mean, <laughs> we're all adults, but like when people come around to something and it's so nice, and yet it, I feel like it's so often that that uh, we or the children, are, the adult children are like, this is great, but I'm having a lot of feelings about.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: about The
1: timing of this. Yeah. Um, But yes, it is great. It is great that for the grandchildren's sake, they are both there and both able to hang, you know, hang out and we can spend all Christmas just relaxed. And yeah, well, I don't know if relaxed is the right right (laughs) word.
0: (laughs) Is there anything else
1: that you want to share about your story? No, I don't think so. No, that's it's it's hard to share this. You're you're really easy to talk to about it, but it's hard to share because it's ugh, it's hard to remember some of this stuff sometimes. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I feel like sometimes I have
0: to make myself think about it because otherwise I won't because it's too hard. Yeah. Um it's too hard and it brings up too much stuff. So I'd rather just sort of um Keep, keep moving forward or keep hearing other people's stories. I'd rather talk to other people about their stories. Um, yes, yes, completely. Like, yeah, like, oh, maybe I should just focus on myself for a minute. Um, yeah. Oh, but thank you so much, Lily, for sharing um, everything that you shared and for the work you're doing with your podcast. I think um, you are reaching a whole a whole new audience um by offering the stories on as a podcast i think you're totally right um these all these stories are they feel so good to know you're not alone and it and it's such a wonderful like medium to have it in a way that you can listen to them well, um not everybody's on facebook facebook support groups don't aren't aren't the end all be all and um so i think the more and more different ways we get these stories out the better so that every not not only does everyone who's in them in them know know that they're not alone, but also so that more and more people um, can understand the scenario um, from all the different perspectives and and their own choices, choice making, and advice giving in their life.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you so much, Eve. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. Uh, if you want to, if a if a if a listener wants to go find. Lily Wood's podcast, NPE Stories. Um, what is the best place for them
1: to go do that? <laughs> uh, NPE Stories. You can find it on all the podcasting platforms. Uh, I do have a Facebook page, NPE Stories. And personally, since I'm now actually assigning my name with it, you can find me on Instagram at Lily M. Wood, L I L Y. That's how you spell Lily. M is mm-hmm. in Marie. Cool. Lily M. Wood at Instagram. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you. This was so fun. Um,
0: I wish, yeah, I wish all my Mondays were like this, were as well as this. Um, and, uh, okay. So yeah. Um, I try and think like, there's so much I want to talk about, so I'm trying to wrap it up, but I'm like, also, can we talk about France? Um, okay. So this was great. I'm going to, I'll just hit stop now. Yes. Thank you. Don't worry. I'll stop it after a minute. One thing I think it's so poignant when I ask Lily to tell her story and she says she doesn't want to tell it. Um, I think it's a really beautiful moment of honesty between us because we both leapt into the idea of recording an episode together without maybe realizing that we were asking vulnerability of each other. Um, And there's really something to be said about how both of us are really interested in hearing and sharing the stories of others, but we both get uncomfortable when it comes to our own personal journey. Um, so, I, you know, and that's just to say that we're, we're making these podcasts, but we're just people trying to figure out how to process our own stories as they unfold. I have huge gratitude for Lily for spending a morning with me a few weeks ago, and I hope we can bring you some more fun stuff like that in the future. Um, tomorrow is December. And then 2020 is basically over. So that's really weird. Um, Last year, if you remember, if you were around, um, I took a, like a deliberate holiday break and then came back like in the spring. This year I didn't plan things as um, precisely. I'm not as organized. So you know what guys, I don't really know what's happening. Um, I will be back in two weeks with another episode um, and then I don't know what's happening. Um, It will be right around Christmas so am I taking a break am I plowing through the holiday season check in with me on Instagram at everything's relative podcast to find out in the meantime thanks for being here with me everybody talk to you soon don't forget to wear a mask bye everything's relative with Eve Sturgis is produced by Kaylin Egan and Eve Sturgis Eve is a licensed therapist in the state of California, but conversations on this podcast are not therapy sessions. This podcast is edited by Stephanie Dilon-Zick. The logo design is by Ivy McNally, and the music is used with permission by Goodbye the Band.
1: Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media. Or wherever you find your podcast. Campfire.